You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. everybody and welcome to Red Wings Rant where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Oh man. Mike, either I'm going to be way behind with what you hear or you're going to be way behind with what I hear. But uh, anyway, it's uh, good to be back. Last week we were talking about uh, some salary projections across the NHL for improving the Detroit Red Wings um, in the UFA market. Right? We tried to do a pretty good job. No, no restricted free agents. Um, and, you know, for good reason. Uh, we've seen a couple of franchises, and today we're going to play the game of, like, is it possible to emulate what these two teams are doing? Um, and we don't, I don't even mean to say, I don't even mean to say Florida and, Golden, and the Golden Knights, because we do it every goddamn year. Every goddamn year, we look at the teams that are in the Stanley Cup Finals, and we say... What, what about us? Oh, what can right. we do? <laughs> what can we do to uh, emulate the winning franchise? And yeah. of course, we've looked at for the last few seasons um, Steve Eiserman's former team, and even though they didn't win last year, uh, still making it to the finals felt pretty good. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and and for us as Steve Eiserman fans and Red Wings fans, we were thinking to ourselves, okay. We're on our way to becoming the next Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, where are we? Just mm. we'll kind of break it down. Are, th- are there some changes? Um, decoy, first one aboard here. He was here uh, 17 minutes ago. Decoy, if uh, the missing link and Hillbilly Jim had a baby, it would be Radko Gudis. Mm. It's got to be that beard. <laughs> Radko Gudis is is right now. That's an intimidating man. In the playoffs, the longer that beard gets, I feel like the more intimidating you get. Uh, Ketzel, what's going on, my man? It's been a while. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen Ketzel uh, on the live feed. Chewy, always aboard. Chewy, how are you doing? Soap dish is Soap aboard. Dish. It's been a minute, bud. How are you yeah. doing? Classic avatar, retired 91 is aboard. Appreciate it, Soap Dish. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you posed this uh idea to me before the show. Um, and I, I guess what I'm trying to wrap my brain around is between Vegas and Florida, uh, which is the question you want to explore? Which of those two paths to success are we closer to doing? Like, which which is more feasible? Um, which of those could we do in an off season? It's yeah. Is that what we want to try and accomplish? Because it, it, I. I mean, I know Florida was good last year, but it kind of felt like uh, there's some real magic this season. Some Kachuk magic. Definitely. And I think I think there's a way, like when we pull up these rosters uh, in a second here, um, I think this is where I want to take the conversation. Because this isn't to say, like, it's been like, a, oh, Iserman has failed, or he's doing a bad job. It's like, the conversation is... We're seeing these other teams pulling the trigger on what I'm about to describe as like the philosophy or or the tactic they're taking. And 
there seems to be some pretty juicy names out on the trade market. And I'm wondering if the thing to copy with the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights, especially with the Vegas Golden Knights and their continued success over six years here, and you you could argue, and we'll talk about it in a second, you could argue, oh, the expansion draft set them up for success, which is obviously what none of us said after the expansion draft was over for the Knights. Nobody looked at that team and was like, Stanley Cup contender. But, but. What I wanted what I want to say is they've both aggressively attacked the trade market. Both teams. You can look at and it doesn't even have to be like the the team that the Florida Panthers presented last season was still built through the trade market. The one that uh, won the President's Trophy wasn't, you know, making it to the Stanley Cup finals like they did this year. But they did a lot of work on the trade market. And they did a lot of work on the trade market again. And the Vegas Golden Knights are nonstop trade market team. Bringing over Mark Stone, doing what it takes to bring over superstars. Jack Eichel. They were doing everything they could, uh, which I didn't remember this until I listened to a podcast earlier today, but they reminded me. They were in on the Eric Carlson stuff. They wanted to bring Carlson over. Couldn't get it done, but they were a part of those conversations. Those yeah, were, and... Uh... like. They, they're not necessarily like, like, and we also know, uh, uh, cause we've experienced some trade deadline, um, the benefits of some aggressive trade deadline, some aggressive expansion of the golden Knights. when they went for Thomas Tatar and gave us a first round pick. Um, so I'm not even necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about there's names that are on the market that aren't always on the trade market. And you've got two of the biggest names that have hit the trade market in the last couple of years, and a couple of a couple of franchises did what they did whatever it took to bring them in, and now they're looking yeah. at each other in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, uh, just a quick a uh, couple of quick. Uh, I want to give Chewy had a had a receipt uh, when he called Florida to win the cup when they got Matthew took a Chuck. Uh, performance art also um i can't believe the heat are in the effing finals that is insane uh, <laughs> how how is florida just rocking and rolling right now like the state collectively um well performance art but, uh, it's got to be the oj yeah <laughs> um no but um you know we talked about um I think a week or two ago, a little bit of envy that we had for a, you know, a team that we wanted to pillage from in Toronto where they had what, five, almost five players making almost 10 million. Um, and I guess just comparing that to Vegas, uh, it's Eichel who they traded for Mark Stone, nine and a half that they traded for. Um, they did sign Petrangelo. Um, and that's about it. Then they filled in the rest of the roster with um, yeah a lot of a lot of guys that I feel the Red Wings could acquire right. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility of of guys that could get. Um, well, yeah, like I... similar similarly, uh, you know, Florida. Yeah, obviously, you got to have something worth trading for in order to trade. You know, to get Kachuk. Um, you know, but you know they drafted Barkov. Uh, their other big money players, uh, you know, they drafted Ekblad. So, I mean, you already got Cider. So I feel like you could kind of go one for one there. And then it's it's just about the goalie for for them. You know, do we have a goalie? Oh, I don't want to pay $10 million, But a goalie who's worth $10 million who can carry you this I, far into the playoffs. 
I wouldn't even like I I didn't even when I pulled up these rosters, I didn't even pull up goaltending. Because nobody was looking at Bobrovsky and saying like, oh, cool, you carry that guy into the playoffs. And especially nobody was looking at Aiden Hill and saying, yep, that guy is for sure. Like what Aiden Hill, uh, no, I'm not, like yeah, either I'm a 900 or sub 900 save percentage. So I'm not saying you're saying that, but I, I purposefully didn't even throw them into the equation because I am leaning more and more into the the uh, the world of, you know what? Vegas has like a new goaltending set up like year after year um they, they toss out goaltenders like nothing bring in new guys and it, it's 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 more about a system and um yeah i think i think too this isn't really where i wanted to take the conversation but i just want to add this little ditty like we have Derek lalone who pretty much threw out there uh when doing some coverage for the nhl playoffs like there's a there's a strategy behind keeping Vasilevsky safe. He leaves the Tampa Bay Lightning, and now he's terrible. I don't know. Malone said there was a strategy to keep Vasilevsky safe with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then all of a sudden, Malone leaves, and he plays like shit in the playoffs. So I I'm just saying, maybe we have the guy that knows how to strategize for a goaltender to find success in the playoffs. I'm just throwing that out there, so maybe we're okay. But, 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 you said the things that I was interested in talking about with the Ekblad, with the Barkov. We very well could have a one for one in those two names. Sure. Dylan Larkin, Moritz Cider. Boom. Yeah, so uh I guess the the hardest part, right, would be trading for a superstar, <laughs> which okay, right? Not a not a short order, right? I mean yeah. trading for Eichel who, you know, uh um an analytics darling, right? Um a guy who had some boo-boos. We weren't sure if they were real boo-boos. If he was a legit you know, kind of kind of kind of dragging him out a little bit to uh get out of town, right? So I think yeah. that one's a little bit more of a special circumstance. But I mean, these are two, you know, and looking at Eichel, looking at Kachuk, those are two guys, 25, 26, uh, that you're getting in their primes. Like those those trades are out there. And what's a little frustrating is I know when those guys were available, the Red Wings had draft picks, they had prospects, and we were kind of like, no, we, you know, we're still waiting for all our guys to pan out. This is a team we're not quite ready yet. I mean, you know, if we trade that trade for them, you know, what are we really doing? What are we surrounding them with? But it's almost like the argument could be made like roster for roster outside of the superstars, respectively, rosters aren't that different. And I feel like the Red Wings are pretty good at um, assessing and acquiring peripheral talent, you know, guys to fill out third, you know, third and fourth lines, second lines at a pinch. So it's kind of like, yeah, but if you make the move and be aggressive to acquire one of these guys, I know you're trying to play the long game, but I, these guys accelerate everything and, you know, make a team like Vegas, which, you know, I had some good players, but I, I don't know if you would have necessarily called them, you know, cup winners, right? And then Eichel comes in, and it's like, I feel pretty good about them. Florida, I I still don't know if you necessarily would have seen, you know, coming in with, you know, the, the change, you know, for Huberdo and, you know, line for line, player for player. Like, yeah, these guys are definitely going, you know, play for a cup. 
It's just, it's, I feel like, you know, if we had been a little bit more aggressive, or at least now we know going forward, if, if going forward, we could be a little bit more aggressive. This, this outcome is not outside of our capability. So you, yeah, you might have to give away some scary, you know, prospects that you love. Yeah. You might have to give away some beloved first rounders, but knowing we're pretty good at acquiring and assessing and building peripheral talent that seems to get along. Uh, if you can find a way to trade for another guy that's kind of in this age group, um, you know, this productive, uh, you know, it's not that crazy to think about, you know, playoffs. So I don't know if it's, if you agree with this, you know, kind of the, the um, turtle in the hair with, or the tortoise in the hair and the Red Wings kind of playing the role of the tortoise. Are you, are you kind of fed up with that? Or do you still agree that Iserman's kind of wait and see approach is the best way to go? Well, I like, um, so you could apply this in so many different ways. I, I, I just saw this before we started recording, but it was Barry Trotz earlier today, who of course has taken over for uh, the Nashville Predators. And this is him saying like, this is what he said to his scouts, take some swings, take some high end swings on some guys. And then he said, you could find third line, fourth line guys, no problem. Get me some guys that get people out of their seats. Now he's talking about the draft. Okay. I get that. He's talking about take some high risk, uh, make some, make some high risk choices here. You know, Uh, high risk, high reward. High risk, high reward is kind of not. (laughs) <laughs> in the realm that we've played in uh, these first few years with Steve Eiserman at the helm. And uh, we're looking down the barrel of a draft that has five picks in the first 43 picks. And I don't think we're going to land a guy that's going to make a huge difference this year. And you just got to ask yourself, like, um, you know, it's, it's, and we've been asking this question for a while and righteous. I appreciate you hit that like button. You plebs. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and this is the question we've been asking. Sorry, I got to reset here. I'm like, and you asked it already. And I don't think it even has to be, are you getting sick of waiting? It's, it's just, it comes down to like, how do you visualize fandom? And maybe I'm, I just said it comes down to like, I'm simplifying it, but I'm actually about to like, maybe overcomplicate it, but um, when you're a fan, like you enjoy a lot of aspects of what your favorite team does. And we, we practice that when we're watching Moritz Sider and uh, you know, Joe Valeno wasn't really a part of the game, but uh, you know, the IIHF world championships and uh, Moritz Sider, you know, we're, we have the replays going about of him crushing people. We're like, yeah, go Moritz Sider. But what does that do for us as Red Wings fans? You know, like, it's fun, right? And it's kind of like, okay, cool. But to, like, Barry Trott's point, don't you want to get your butt out of the seat at the LCA? And not just while we're sitting around tweeting and going like, wow, we drafted a really great defenseman. I can't wait for his games to mean something in a couple of years. You know, and and... Uh, again, I, I'm taking Barry Trott's statement and I love it and I'm manipulating it to say, maybe we wrap this around the trade market. Um, you take, you take some swings, you take some high risk, you lose some guys that you think are are really going to be something 
but you're also bringing over guys that approve something. And and like we mentioned these last few episodes, there's some guys on the market. You know, obviously I'm my eyeball is towards the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, yeah. And I know there's a lot of things to be nervous about. You bring a guy over, does the production stay at a high level? I think you're looking at some guys that will take your take the production to any team across the NHL, take the, the production to any line, will make your power play stronger. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at an article that Max Boltman put out today and uh, he's like describing um, some guys that we've already talked about for the, uh, from the US NTDP uh, to draft them. And I just, you know, I kind of look at what Max is saying in there and he's describing certain guys uh, that we could draft. And he's like, yeah, that sort of fits, you know, what Eiserman's looking for in a forward and, 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 and no part of it is it like, yeah, we're, we're looking for the guys that are going to grip it and rip it. You know, it's like, we're always, like, we're just going to be chock full of guys that will fill out anybody's middle six. And I'm being, I'm exaggerating a little bit here. Maybe I'm showing a little bit of my frustration, but um, yeah, it's just kind of like, we've got some guys that we could probably afford to lose that are high, high ranking prospect pool players for the Red Wings. Um, sure. and some draft picks this year for sure. And, um, see if we can see if we can make something happen across the league. And it's not, it's not to say it has to happen this off season, but you know, like you're looking at, you're looking at these two teams and when somebody became available, like they, they did what they could to bring them in and Vegas has done it multiple times. Florida's done it a couple of times where you could kind of make the connection where it was like, well, they were kind of taking a chance there, but that chance worked out. That uh-huh. Florida's taking a chance. You know what? Talking about some like hoping for like high reward, but even low risk. Like Anthony Duclair is a name that I really was hoping we'd get. And he's man, that's a name I've been just keeping an eye on. Uh, Carter Hagee works out pretty well for Florida. I don't know. It's just <sighs> let me let me so while you collect to yourself to from these two teams um yeah, yeah i'm gonna yourself, i just want to throw a few of the comments in there decoy saying he's uh or they uh saying they are pro tortoise um also saying stevie wise building more of a snapping turtle looks slow but shockingly fast and dangerous and jim johnson trying to be the voice of reason uh patience folks patience don't bite off more than you can chew impatience could set us back further um but isn't that the whole thing like jim i i know exactly what you're saying but it's like we're gonna take here's 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 the option right we take a swing at a draft pick and we hope that they they pan out in like two to three years or we trade for a guy that's shown production and we try to see if we can make that work with our team of course there's going to be conversations with alone there has to be, you know, this thought process of, is this going to work salary wise? So I'm not asking us to do a move here. That's just going to be insane. Um, so I'm hoping that there's some strategy that would come along with it, but there's risk in either choice. There's risk in being patient and saying, we're going to build through the draft. And then we end up with a bunch of guys that we don't know. Will they ever pan out? Um, but there's also, you know, there's there's the risk involved with trading too. So it's kind of like part of the reward with these trades is you move up the timeline a little bit. 
and your games that you get to watch mean a little bit more. To me, I I don't know. As a fan, that's I I'm gonna say that the older I'm getting, the more that means something to me. Especially as a Detroit sports fan right now, where it feels like every time we get a sniff of a a legit Tigers franchise, they just <laughs> step on their own dick and <laughs> tumble on their way to first. Um, you know, and I couldn't, I could not tell you guys how scared I am of the Detroit Lions this year because we're all so sure it's the year. I can't even begin to describe the fear I have. Um, uh, I would like to know who you're talking to who has that kind of certainty. Um, I think it's more like cautious optimism for the Lions. Um, I think it's just national pundits who are saying they might be good, but let's, uh, I mean, just, just for giggles. Okay. Next season's roster has a lot of, uh, a lot of familiar faces. Um, obviously Larkin, uh, Andrew cop. I don't think anyone's trading for him. Uh, David Perron. I don't think the Red Wings want to trade him. I think if they were going to, they would have done it at this past, uh, trade deadline. Uh, Fabry, nobody's trading for that contract. Uh, Kubalik, UFA, I don't think anyone's trading for him. Sedina, no value on the market. That has to be solely value um, in the eyes of uh, Stephen uh, Bloomberg Iserman. I don't know his middle name. Uh, Matt, <laughs> then you got Bergeron, Lucas Raymond, Casper, um, and Charnik, and a lot of cap space. So, uh, I mean, you know, Valeno will probably get re-signed. And then, uh, you know, is Puse coming back? I don't know. So, I mean, forward-wise, there's some openings, man. Um, and I don't mean, I don't know if that just means that now they think Soderblom is, is you know, just going to be full-time 82 games next season. Right. Um, but you're sitting on all these, you know, uh second rounders back to back to back <laughs> and, uh, i uh i i would i would hope that we could find some some win now players uh because it doesn't uh it doesn't make me it doesn't make me feel optimistic looking at the familiar faces coming back next season and thinking yeah it could be us in the finals well, I want to point out real quick, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. Jim Johnson, I want to see Keller and Severson in Detroit as, as oh, something that I, yes. I would be, I would be. Whisper those sweet nothings. I would be really excited about. And uh, Jared throws out there, I'm just worried the wings are going to turn into the Eastern Conference version of the Minnesota Wild, which I will tell you guys right now, I just pulled up their cap friendly, including a guy who's on injured reserve, but think about 18 skaters, right? Nine of them yeah. are draft picks. Mm. we have two draft picks i'm just saying draft picks can mean a couple of things <laughs> before we go to the break d uh decoy with comment of the show so far joe curb stop valeno has value <laughs> you can't say that um, <laughs> all right matt get the ad in there cutting, we'll be right back cutting shins baby <laughs> Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Who are you guys going to put your money down for? Put your money down for Jack Eichel? Put your money down for Matthew Kachuk? I don't know. It's up to you. Every time I give advice, it's horrible. Uh, but what I can tell you, 
for you to have fun. The advice I can give is to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline ma.org in new york call 8778 h o p e n y or text h o p e n y 467369 in kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of boot hill casino resort kansas 21 and up in eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources uh, Soapdish um, throws out there when he feels the time is right. Of course, Stevie Y and the Eyes are playing. Uh, Stevie will shock the fan base and do what it takes to add high-end talent. He's building a sustainable product. He has draft capital, cap space, picks, prospects. Of course, all the flexibility in the world. All the flexibility in the world. Absolutely correct here, Soapdish. So let's be aggressive. Be aggressive. Yeah. Be, no, so be dish, uh, it's been be a minute. He aggressive. comes back. He's being uh, super pragmatic, patient. Um, yeah, I just uh, it it just. I'm sure the Illiches are very excited about that cap space, right? So they get a few extra million floating around. But uh, woo, this is uh, this is shaping up to be a pretty interesting time uh, with some Canadian teams uh, ripe for the picking. Um, and if they want to kind of get a restart, we're uh, we're right there to help them, you know, reboot the team. We got your draft picks right here. We'll take some big contracts off your hands, and uh, we'll take some guys who, you know, are comfortable scoring a point a game. Um, ooh, yeah. Soapdish uh, throughout there um, today. Man, we've missed this guy. <laughs> the Wild don't have the ammo we have, and I I I will say this potentially. And we don't know what everyone's career is going to turn out like. Um, I can say this. This is going to be me talking out of both sides of my mouth. But injuries could come into play for any one of our highly touted prospects. Of course, if we trade for someone, the same exact thing could happen. But we're also playing the game of like, all right, waiting for a guy to develop completely. As opposed to the guy that's ready to go. And they could both get injured at any time. Um, now there was somebody, uh, there, there was a big push here of, of not, uh, oh, here it is. Yeah. There's just a few people thrown in there. Cider's untouchable. Absolutely. And I don't think this works if you're moving cider. Like, look at, look at what Florida did. Look at what Vegas did. They kept a core, they kept a core that, you know, is it, a, is it really, their core that they built through the expansion draft. But, you know, they 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 moved enough to get the guy. They kept enough to keep a team. I, I'd say definitely more so on the Florida side. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the Sashas and the Ekblads. Very important. Um, and they made the right choice with Huberto because, um, you know, I mean, number one, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, but number two, Cal you know, Calgary's not doing so hot. I'm watching from the sidelines right now. Uh, yeah, it's um, there's so many different ways to look at this stuff, and I feel like all I'm doing is playing. Like some of it is like me just playing gotcha, where it's like, well, there's risk involved. 
with that. But there's also like we do the patient draft thing, and th I mean, every year we're just like, okay, let's see if these guys turn out, or am I going to get hit by a bus? And oh, great! I watched so many years of the Red Wings draft prospects going through Grand Rapids and catching like nine games a season. Um, getting one game of Marco Casper. I got hit by a bus and it's all over. <laughs> I get it. You know, this is that's this is definitely me being selfish and picking the one versus, you know, 10 million. Uh but I, you know, I think that's I think that's a valid concern. It's my own mortality. And <laughs> I think it was uh, Jim threw it in there earlier. Just wait till you boys get as get as old as me, which I agree. Um, and Jim, that means you've seen, you know, well, I guess we've probably seen the same amount of Stanley Cups. I we'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to audit where you're at, Jim, age wise. But um, yeah, I've been very lucky. What for Stanley Cups, right? What was the what was the Stanley Cup before? 96 97 is what i'm saying mike you turned your head i'm just like all right well I, I was... uh no i was reacting to jared uh throwing in there casper's going to steal zadina's spot uh you mean in the press box what does that mean in a, in a good way zadina doesn't <laughs> have a roster spot you're hilarious <laughs> um oh. yeah i uh jim's 69 haha <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> perfect jim all right, Chewy got Chewy has it. So, nineteen fifty-five or fifty-six. So, Jim, what what is that? What does sixty-nine make you? I can't do math. What are we talking about? I've been working all day. Yeah, why are we crunching this? I don't know. I'm gonna take the number. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't give us the years. So we didn't have to figure out the age. This is much better. All right. <laughs> um, no, I was asking when was the last time we won the cup before ninety-six, ninety-seven. Oh. <laughs> um. So. I mean, is the consensus then that people still want to be patient? They're not really gung ho for this big trade, big switch. Yeah, I'm gonna trade. for anybody that's just listening to the podcast. I think um, the YouTube comments commenters are mostly in agreement that this is more about let's be patient and let's draft. I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I just wonder if we go through 43 picks. Uh, in this year's draft, are you guys going to be, and we pick all five picks, like, what's your feeling going to be? Is it going to feel like we wasted an opportunity or is it just going to be like, wow. all right. Uh, that's a really, uh, that's a really interesting point. Thank you. You've never you, said that before. You, I think on the podcast, <laughs> I usually wait till the camera's off. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are we going to make all five of those picks? And then, would you be happy if we did? That's a really interesting question. Hmm. I think, uh, based on based on where I would hope that this team is, like their trajectory is, I'll be very bummed out if we make all five of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I um. I don't know if I, I, I'm not even, I don't, I don't even want to use them as a sweetener to like get out of the Sherratt contract. Like I'm going to, you know, woo, man, don't, don't, uh, don't fire me from the show, but you know, if you could bundle those with like uh, a guy we like, 
you know, like a Lucas Raymond. <gasps> oh, just saying, maybe. Ketzel, we will make all five picks, and I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Well, what's the we we picked uh, Gustav Lindstrom before Jason Robertson, who just got uh, eliminated from the playoffs with the Dallas Stars, and of course put in five goals uh, in the Western Conference Finals. And sure. you know, I think I think attached to his great season and maybe not so great first and second rounds, but his third round is, is so many different tweets out there of like, oh, I wish my team had gotten him. He was a great second round pickup. Yeah. So there's this idea that, you know what? The Red Wings have three picks lined up in the second round. Are you going to find Jason Robertson? Are you going to find Braden Point with three straight picks in the, the second cooch. round? Right. The Cooch was a second I'm, rounder, too. Yeah. Oh. Kucherov. Uh, was Point then? Or am I getting that wrong? No, he was buried in the draft, wasn't he? I thought he was like was a he? fifth rounder. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just, there you are. You're exponentially increasing that chance um it goes higher if you trade a couple of picks to get the first but <laughs> i would say the first round so much for us huh oh really all right yeah <laughs> so, we'll fuck that one up anyway we'll keep going. <laughs> well we know we know there's been late picks for the tampa bay lightning that helped out uh that's all that really matters uh <laughs> all right well, just, just oh, the crimson round. uh yeah crimson making me sad because he prays that we trade up and uh, I don't know which God, how many gods, but uh, it's going to need a lot of prayer because I don't think anyone really wants to back out of those top five guys. Um, I smell popcorn. Somebody's making popcorn. No, you're having a stroke, Matt. Just thinking about the trades <laughs> we're not going to make. Um, no, Crimson Shadow, welcome, bud. Um, no, I, I would, I would be shocked. I don't think that there's going to be an opportunity to really do that. Unless you throw in both your firsts and then, you know, a prospect that you like. I think it would require that kind of package, like, to get one of those top four guys. I do want to come back to Travis Konecki and uh, Brock Besser from Decoy. I... So, uh, that, that's what Decoy says, is trade for these guys. Uh, they could add offense, not cost too much. I think... Now, this, this fits along more of an aggressive pitch is what i'm going for and i also think this this comes back to you look at those trades for the sams for florida um especially on like a sam Ran, uh reinhardt side of things and and that going pretty well and that was maybe a little bit more costly if you take a look at the um the cap like a smidge there but you don't you know there's there's so many pieces that need to be filled so it's not something where i'd look at trades for those guys and say absolutely not but I definitely want to focus on how aggressive like Vegas has been to keep this team relevant over the six years to keep them in the Stanley Cup conversation. And of course, again, Florida wins the president's trophy and the next year they're like, all right, no, that wasn't good enough. <laughs> Get, you know, give me the super duper star. Um, so it's not it doesn't have to mean like trading for those particular those specific guys. It's about that philosophy of being super aggressive. And I think decoy might be nailing it. There's so those would be another couple of aggressive pickups because yes, they uh, you're going to be making some ec extracurricular moves. Uh, I think to pick those guys up. So it's, it's a part of the conversation of not just, you know, signing somebody through uh, the UFA market, but uh, we got to get creative. 
And being creative, going after guys like that, I think is a little bit more aggressive. But of course, when I say I want to be aggressive, and Mike disappeared, uh, but when I say I want to be aggressive, um, I want to take that that next step too. But decoy, I really love the call out because I think that that does fit along the lines of what we're talking about here. Um, decoy, make the first three picks, trade the fourth and fifth. That could be if if you got your boy, right? And I, is it is it 40, 41, and 42, or 41, 42, 43? Um, but if you got, you know, you're you're looking for someone and you, you got who you're looking for, or maybe uh I don't know, maybe we say this, uh, maybe you're taking a couple of those second round picks and you see somebody that might disappear ahead of you and you're just gonna trade up a few spots. Like I'm I'm all about that, but I I I just something about making all three of those picks in a row. Like it'll be kind of fun as a draft viewing experience, but not, I don't know. It's just not going to feel great at the end of the day. Uh, Jim says, no matter what Stevie will surprise. If there is a formula to being a Red Wings fan right now and uh, a part of the, uh, eyes are playing slappies. I think that's one thing we have learned is that uh, you can't just say nothing's for sure, right? Like you can't go into anything and say for sure this isn't happening. Um, even though Ketzel did throw in there, we will make all five picks, and I don't want it. Uh, I I laugh at that. I I mean that that <laughs> you you made me chuckle, Ketzel, but I I do agree with Jim. And no matter what, Stevie will surprise. Um. So I, I I think it would be hilarious if we did all five picks because I'm just going to be picturing Ketzel at home with his arms crossed. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do I do say if there's one thing we've learned from Steve is that um, we just we just don't know with Steve either. Crimson, I pray we trade up. Uh, oh, we talked we talked about that one. If Iceman really likes a kid, you know he'll he'll move the heavens to get him. And I think that comes back to like, are we going to move a couple of second round picks? Uh, to maybe move up to the end of the first if there's one guy left. Um, Jim says, we need a hard-nosed power forward like Shanahan. I don't mind that call out at all. I don't mind taking a look at their prospect pool right now, too, and seeing if we can bulk up some of those boys. I think there's a six foot eight gentleman that I wouldn't mind finding out. He's been chowing down on McDonald's and hitting the weight room every day. Um yeah, I Chewy says uh, Mike went looking for the popcorn. <laughs> uh, Crimson. So, what direction do you want the wings to go? Tough and gritty, or skill and fence? <sighs> Man, isn't isn't like the? I know this is like the the chicken shit answer to kind of say there's got to be a middle ground because because you could look at that Florida lineup and say there's there's a ton of skill. There's a lot of force behind that skill, especially in the Kachuk conversation. Um, and then you kind of look at you look at Vegas and Mark Stone for sure. He, for sure, he'll get that nose right into the ice. Um, he'll do whatever it takes defensively. And we've also seen some pretty good moves, uh, you know, on the offensive side. Jack Eichel, of course, when you're looking at Jack Eichel, talking about that player, you think it's skill first. So, I think. I think the easy answer is you'd love to blend what's going on with those two ideas. But if you have to go one way or the other, which of course I'd rather blend, I think what Steve's doing is building a very big, a very strong, 
defensive core, but on the forward side, I would want to go skill. Is that an acceptable answer? Is that too many like variables mixed in there and asterisks? Okay. Um, Mike has been murdered and, uh, you know, we wanted to keep these episodes right now kind of short. Uh, our late spring heading into uh, the summer. Oh, decoy. Good reminder here. Mazer could be a good hard-nosed power forward, forward that we uh, add in there. Clomp sauce. Casper's all grit. Um, yep, soap dish on the Casper conversation there, too. Um, but yeah, I think. I think there's absolutely like a blend conversation with those guys. I, I, I wouldn't say Casper is was is all grit clump sauce soap dish. I think I think they're definitely of like the conversation of uh I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot here. I'm gonna say there's parts of Kachuk, there's parts of Mark Stone that could be found in those players. Uh definitely like Mazer more along the lines of like Bertuzzi, but some grit mixed with Production. Maybe I'm confusing skill and production. I don't know. Um, Chewy agrees. That's a good way to end the show. All right. <laughs> Crimson says that answer worked for me. All right. Thanks, Crimson. Um, so let's sign off. I'm going to probably call Mike and see if he's dead um, and see what happened. I don't know. Did you guys see anybody like come up behind Mike and put like a sheet around his head or I don't know what's the in Hitman. Did you guys ever play Hitman where they he's got like the little string thing gets it all taut around the neck, and you guys just saw Mike get pulled off screen. I I didn't see anything. I just saw him disappear. So you guys tell me in the comments if you saw Mike get murdered uh, before his screen disappeared. Thanks for coming aboard, guys. Hit that like button if you have a second, and um, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you next week, and um, shoot, we'll keep the conversation going on the finals, and uh, we'll hit the. We'll hit the draft prospects again. We'll we'll see what's going on there. All right. Thanks guys. And have a good one.